0: Hey everybody, this is Matt and welcome to a brand new series from Overflow Talks. And I'm excited about this series because it's close to my heart. Every one of us has to deal with it. The book of Proverbs says there's three kinds of people. There's wise people, foolish people, and then evil or wicked people. Now this group of wicked, it says about them in Psalm 54, 8, their poison is like the poison of serpents. People are, some people are just flat out poison. And since they're full of poison, I'm going to just call them toxic people. If a guy or a girl comes to you and every time they see you, they treat you like garbage or they hit you. The Bible doesn't say you have to hang around with them. You know, believe it or not, when the Bible talks about toxic people, it says you got to stay away from them. You got to shun them. You got to separate from them. You don't have to keep them around. The Bible talks a lot of different kinds of toxic people. One of them is in 2 Timothy 2. It says, stay clear of pious talk that's only talk. This is a religious toxic person where they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. They might say those Christian phrases like praise the Lord and stuff, but they're not really living it. So stay clear of pious talk that's only talk. If words are not backed by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the soul. It's toxic when people talk about religion but they're not committed to God. And he he is so offended by this. He actually names names. Names. Can you imagine thousands of years later, your name is in the Bible for being a toxic person? That's pretty terrible. He says, Himeneas and Philetus are examples of this kind of toxic person. They're throwing believers off stride and missing the truth by a mile. Paul points them out. Now, this brand new series is all about dealing with toxic people in your life, and we're going to go and we're going to begin this series with how to deal with toxic religion or toxic faith. There are a lot of people and things done in the name of God that are just terrible, and a lot of people judge God by how bad his followers are, and if you don't watch out, they can really mess you up without knowing it. Many years ago, my first interview with the church, I remember I was at an informal dinner, and the current pastor was asking me questions. And he asked me two doctrine-based questions. And the first was whether I could do stuff on Sunday. In other words, did I have to maintain the Sabbath, or could I only rest, or, or was I able to do other things? And as I said, I don't have a problem with that. And the second was, can you use pictures of Jesus to teach children? And my first thought was, what are they talking about? I had just graduated seminary, and I had never heard of this issue. I answered, well, what's wrong with that? And they're like, well, the second commandment, I was like, it's a picture on a felt that teach a child. It's not an idol. And that was it. Those were the only questions that they had as a condition for my employment. Now, there's something wrong there. At the time, I didn't completely realize a church is hiring me for a position and all they cared about was two seemingly irrelevant doctrinal issues that made not a difference in the world. Not one question about my personal relationship with Jesus, my relationship with my wife, what my goals, vision, direction, or anything was. Apparently, 2% of the congregation, I counted it and gave you a percentage, had an issue with this and it dominated the church. And it became poisonous to the church because of four people. It took over everything and that is all they focused on, something completely irrelevant to the main purpose of the church. The absolute main point of why we're here, we can say it in many different ways, is to essentially spread the love of Jesus Christ, to glorify God, to advance his kingdom. The test to determine if you're practicing toxic faith or toxic religion is simple. Am I living for Jesus? Or am I living for people? There are a lot of things out there that are done in the name of God that are really, they're just bad for you. And they're done for people instead of for Jesus. They're poisonous. They can mess you up. And Jesus had to deal with these people all the time. In fact, he had two toxic religious groups of his day. Two completely different parties that were on the opposite ends of the spectrum. One was called the Sadducees which were the left-leaning liberal, we don't believe in the resurrection, we don't believe in heaven, we don't believe in the soul. They were kind of the theological liberals of the day. And the other group was called the Pharisees. They were the right-wing-leaning conservative legalists who saw as their whole job to go around to make rules and regulations for everybody else, and they would be the policemen. And Jesus didn't have a whole lot of use for either group, and actually dealt with them quite frankly and blatantly. And if you ever want to see what makes God mad, just read Matthew 23. It's a list of seven condemnations of toxic religion in the chapter. And I don't have time to go into it. But if I were to do a, do a podcast on that passage, I call it What Ticks God Off? <laughs> he says, I can't stand the stuff that you're doing. He just gets into it real clear. Some kind of religious people actually do a whole lot more than good. He says the Pharisees are toxic. The Sadducees are toxic you got to stay away from. Them. Now Jesus used terms for the Pharisees like hypocrites, blind guides, vipers, whitewashed graves. In fact, he said they're poisonous snakes. Would Jesus tell somebody that you've got to figure out they're toxic? Not only did he warn the Pharisees that they needed to change, but he warned everybody else that you need to stay away from them. Luke 12:1 says be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. What's he talking about here? Yeast in the Bible often represents evil. He said just a little bit of yeast can get in and ruin a whole batch of bread. Just a little bit of Phariseeism, a little bit of toxic religion in your life can ruin everything. It can mess up your life. It can mess up your attitude. It can mess up your friendships, your marriage. He says you need to be aware of this. Guess what? 2,000 years later, Phariseeism is alive and well. There's still modern day Pharisees. In fact, if we're honest, I and mean, we look in the mirror, there's a little bit of Pharisee in all of us. So I want to see if we can look at ourselves and see if we can see any of these toxic traits of toxic religion that we have. So we're going to, I'm going to leave you out 10 features or traits of toxic religion or faith in your life that we need to get rid of. First, Toxic trait or feature is legalism. Now, legalism is when people are more concerned about rules than they are about people. They're more concerned about observing rituals than helping people's needs. Legalism is says you've got to earn your way into heaven, which you can't. But it says, God only smiles on you while you keep certain restrictions. It's not about a relationship. It's about rules. Legalists always have a huge list of rules and regulations and rituals and policies. They love them. They love their rules. If you don't have one for a particular area, they'd be happy to make one for you. It comes down to this. Are you going to live life by rules or a relationship? Now, I've been married for 27 years almost almost a couple weeks it'll be 27 years and when we first got married there were rules I had like I had rules like I couldn't work too many hours how to do this or that what do I to do with the stuff in the house you know never talk bad about our relationship public a whole bunch of rules and as we've been married for 27 years there's really no more rules that I have and the only rule I have is to love her and for her to love me that's it because here's the point. The greater the relationship, the fewer rules you need. The greater re- the relationship, the greater trust. And when you have trust, you don't have to go out creating policies to keep people from going out of line. You just trust them. Now, legalism is always about rules, not relationships. Now, how do you spot a legalistic Christian? Very easy. Because they're the ones who are always getting offended. They get offended by everything. They've got their rules out, and any time you don't measure up to it, You said the wrong thing. They're easily disappointed. They're easily shocked. People who are legalists, they get offended all the time. They live in a state of being upset. Luke 11 verse 38 says, The Pharisee was shocked and somewhat offended when he saw that Jesus didn't wash up for meals. (gasps) For shame. Jesus didn't wash his hands. They're much more interested in the rules than anything else. But they couldn't manage Jesus because he had a totally different perspective on life. Life isn't about rules and regulations and rituals and policies and performance. It's about love. It's about relationships. So he didn't play by their rules. They didn't like that. Think about it. This toxic trait of legalism is actually the antithesis of what it means to follow Jesus. Christianity is actually about the exact opposite It's about you recognizing that you have a problem and a great big problem caused by your mistakes, your sins, your faults, that only Jesus can solve. You can't do anything to fix it. You can't get right with God on your own. The only thing you can do is turn your life over to God and say, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I'm not a great person. I followed all these, or I followed these rules, like I pray in a certain direction every day and read your Bible and go to church, but rather None of that is worth it because I continue to do wrong. my, My wrongs and rights don't even out. It's not how it works. The only way I can be changed is because Jesus came and died on a cross. And he took all the punishment for every single bad thing that I've ever done and will do. And he became my substitute. He paid the price for me. And I trust in faith that what Jesus did is enough. And it's all by his grace and mercy that I can even talk to you now. And God gives you a new heart. He sends his Holy Spirit inside you and prepares a place for you in eternity. It's never about what we do, about the rules we follow, about how much we're in church or how much we pray or how much we read or all the good deeds that we do. No, it's all about Jesus and his grace. That's why it's the exact opposite of legalism. And that's why when we're stuck and we're stuck on these rules and we're and we get caught into the fact that if I have to do all these things, no, you don't. You simply have to have faith and love in Jesus Christ and turn your life over to him. That's what it means for true religion versus toxic religion. Now, the second Trait or feature of toxic faith or religion is hypocrisy. Matthew 23, 2-3 says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they not do not practice what they do. Wow. This has always made me crazy. When people are hypocrites. I can't stand it. It started when I was a kid, when I would watch sports and people would get all excited over a winning touchdown that ultimately is irrelevant. And the same people that I watch football with, the next Sunday, they're sitting next to me in church and they're singing songs about God and they're singing like this. Why do people act differently watching their favorite team than they do about singing about God's love for us? It really drove me nuts as a kid. I was like, if you were so excited at the football game, why aren't you excited singing about God's love? I don't get it. Now I really respect this about my dad the most ever excited I ever saw him growing up was when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl way back in 1981 when where he stood up and and he fist punched the air and said yeah when Jaworski threw a touchdown that's the most excited I ever saw him in church he said loudly one morning amen and it so shocked me that I looked at him like oh my gosh who is this guy But you know what? He was consistent. If God wired you to go a little crazy, then go a little crazy. If God wired you to be serene, then be serene. God wired my dad to be calm and not really to show much emotion. He just never did. And that's how he was. Don't worry about what other people do or think. Be yourself. That was one of the most freeing things that I got throughout life was that I just started to be myself. When I went to church, I was like, you know what? This is who I am. And I always got comments like, you don't act like a pastor. And I was about to say, oh, I don't act like a stuck up prick. I mean, that's what I was thinking in my head. I never said it. I was like, this is just who I am. I'm the same person. The worst thing a parent can do to their relationship with their kids is to be a hypocrite. My wife and I used to have an open door policy over our house. That anyone in the church where I was a pastor could stop by any time and hang out, talk or whatever. And the only ones ever take advantage of that were kids. I think the adults never understood it. So teenagers used to come over our house almost every weekend. And I remember one of them was staying the night. And he was like, you know, you're a little weird. And I said, well, yeah, I, I get that a lot. He said, no. He said, you're definitely different. I was like, what do you mean? I said, I'm the same person. He goes, no, you you act the same way at church as you do at home. He then went on to talk about how his parents were one way on Sunday and completely different the rest of the week. He thought all Christians were hypocrites and he hated them. You don't realize how many kids are carrying around the hurt and pain of the poison of hypocrisy. You gotta be careful. Third feature of toxic religion is being critical. When a person is critical, they nitpick everything you say and do. They twist your words all around. I remember one guy when I preached a message, I said a word that depending on how you use it, it could be a little offensive. And I got the most scathing email about it. So I actually went back and listened to the tape. And I had to listen to it twice because sometimes I talk really fast. (laughs) And I said it in the right way, and it was so minor that I realized... He must have been trying to find something to say to me, to use against me. Matthew twenty-two fifteen 15 says, Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. Now, this can happen to us in any relationship we have. You ever hear, well, you said blah, blah, blah. You think, when did I say that? It may have been two months ago. It may have been out of context. Here's a little relationship helper for your marriage, dealing with or dealing with your family, your relatives. If it's in the past 24 hours, you can use what the person said. But if it's past that, let it go. Don't try to trap each other with words. You're going to forget the context anyway. When you do that, all you're doing is spreading toxic waste and it will poison whatever relationship you have. Toxic people love to make other people feel guilty. It's a favorite tool. People who are toxic love to use the word should, must, have, or ought to. They're good at shaming and blaming and condemning and denouncing and loading up the guilt truck. They are pros at backing up the guilt truck. Matthew 23, 4, they said, They pile up back-breaking burdens and then lay them on on others' shoulders. Not on their own. (laughs) Others. Yet they themselves will not raise a finger to move them. When you hear someone blaming their unhappiness on you or someone else, you know that person is toxic. Happiness has nothing to do with the other people. Everything. Everybody is as happy as they choose to be. Don't blame your husband or wife or anyone else for your, for your unhappiness in your life. Because if you do, you are being toxic. You're as happy as you choose to be. Happiness is a choice. Anytime someone tries to make their happiness dependent on how you act, They are both a victimizer and a toxic person. Fourth trait or feature is judging motives. Whenever you talk about someone's motives, the reasons why they do something, it's toxic. You have no idea what they're thinking about or why they did it. I don't even know why I do things half the time. Toxic people love to play the novice psychologist. This is what happened to Jesus, Matthew 9, 32, 34. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. What was happening? They couldn't doubt what he did. So they judged and smeared his motives. This week, I wanted to see how often this happened throughout the week. And in over 50% of the conversations outside my family, people were judging people's motives. We do it without trying. People love to find fault. We love to place blame. Maybe you got 96% right, but they're going to point out the 4% you got wrong. Picky, picky, picky. Always trying to get you. Judgmental, critical of actions. Particularly critical of your words. Toxic people like to take words and twist them. Sometimes people say, well, you said this. And and you know you didn't mean that. It doesn't matter what you mean. You said this, and they're always going to trap you in that nitpicky way. See, what happens is toxic people tend to be black or white thinkers. It's either all or nothing. There's no gradation. There's no gray. You're either all bad or you're all good. There's no in between. And you know what? This is a picture of society and how social media works. Because people are never all right or all wrong. People are complicated. To the left, Donald Trump is the devil. To the right, Joe Biden is the devil. But you know what? They're gray. All people are gray. People are complicated. There's certainly no room for grace. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 23, 24, you strain out a net, but you swallow a camel. Now, what is he saying here? Jesus was using Hebrew humor. This is actually a sarcastic statement. We don't get it today because Americans, were 2,000 years later, don't understand it. Hebrew humor is humor by exaggeration. When Jesus said this, they probably laughed out loud and it was probably funny. Before Jesus would say this all the time. Before you get the speck of sawdust out of your neighbor's eye, get the telephone pole out of your own eye. Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than the rich man to enter into heaven. We don't get it. We start going, well, the Greek word for nat is, we take it so serious. The Bible is actually full of laugh lines. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus cracks some really funny jokes, but we don't get them because we're in a different culture, a different language. We're 2,000 years past it. He was using humor. The nitpickers, they're toxic, they're legalistic, they're hypocrites, they lay on false guilt trips fifth toxic trait is maligning your motive not just judging it but maligning it when you get someone talking about your motives they're toxic the reason they're toxic is they don't have the slightest idea what your motives are half the time we can't even figure out what we do you're a mixture and a combination of so many complex motivations i figured out a long time ago i don't know why I do what I do half the time, so I'm not gonna try to figure out anyone else. So let me tell you why you do what you do. Whenever someone says that, they're wrong, number one, and number two, they're toxic. This happened to Jesus all the time because you couldn't malign what he did. So they had to malign his motives. And it wasn't just judging the motives. There's a difference between judging motives and maligning motives. Judging motives is determining what they are. Maligning is saying you're doing it for evil. If they can't deny your success, say you've been working at it, you have a successful quarter at work, and people don't like it, they're jealous of it, they're going to demean your methods. They're going to explain it away. So they can't revert, refute the result, so they'll revile your personality. It's what sick people do. Poisonous, toxic people do. It's worse than judging motives. It's you're actively trying to hurt the person. Six, guilt by association. Toxic people love to do this. If you show love or kindness or you're civil to someone who's on their bad list, then you're by association bad. It could be anybody they don't agree with. You know, this is, you can see this in social media. I don't care how you feel about Trump followers or people wearing MAGA hats. But it is amazing to me that they put the sins of Donald Trump on anybody who wears a red hat. It's ludicrous. It's the same way. They put the same way as if someone says, yeah, I watch, uh, you know, MSNBC and I get all my news from there. And those people would judge them. It's just ridiculous. You are guilty by association. It's ridiculous. It's toxic. Somebody from a different political party, someone from a different religion, someone from a sinful lifestyle. If you associate with them, then you're bad by association. Look what happened to Jesus. The religious establishment hated this about Jesus because Jesus didn't like hanging out with the religious establishment. Luke 15, 2 says the Pharisees complained that Jesus was associating with despicable people even eating with them. People loved Jesus because he reached out to them. But some people, those that are toxic, hated them for that very thing. Luke 7.34, they said this is about Jesus. A drunken, a glutton, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. They insulted Jesus, said that things that weren't even true about him because he he related to people they didn't like. If that happened to you just because you reach out to someone, someone else, doesn't like that, it's not a criticism. Don't take it that way. It's one of the highest compliments you can get. Guilt by association is toxic. And you know what? I fell under that. I fell into the cycle that says I couldn't hang out with certain people because their language wasn't this right way. They didn't dress the same. Their attitudes, their actions weren't. And it took me years to break away from that and to realize those are the people that Jesus went to hang out with. With a reason. And when I finally came to about that, I didn't care anymore what people would judge me in the church when they saw me hanging out with people that were in their mind unworthy or sinners. I remember I had to deal with it at church one time. It was it was so difficult because I was being judged for hanging out with sinners. Yes. Because as a pastor I shouldn't be doing that. I had to teach them about Jesus at that point. It was it was very interesting. Seventh trait of being toxic religion is ridicule. Jesus was put down, he was ridiculed, he was slandered, he was mocked, and he was even made fun of when he was dying. Proverbs eleven twelve: whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. People who ridicule each other want to feel better about themselves, so they belittle others. But great people go out and make it their mission to make people feel great. They understand the greatness of God's love in their lives, so they show others that love, show how others how great God can be in their lives. See, little people belittle people. They want people to feel, they want to feel better about themselves so they make other people feel worse. That's not what you should be doing. That's a toxic trait. You should recognize the greatness of God's love and in grace in their lives and share it with them about how great God is and the great life that we can live with him. It's the difference. Ridicule is one of the signs of toxic faith. Now, sort of the opposite of that is also a sign of toxic faith trait. Flattery. This is a favorite tool of toxic people. They'll tell you wonderful things about yourself just to get closer to you. You know why it is. Deep down, you know that it's just because they want to get something from you. They don't care about you. All they care about is getting close to you so they can get what they want. They want to get their way. that's why they're toxic Proverbs 26 28 warns us against this flattery is a form of hatred Wow and it wounds cruelly it may sound good at first but it wounds cruelly flattery when it comes to poison it's a poison that tastes good on the tongue but once you swallow it it rips apart your stomach Romans 16, 18 says, Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive innocent people. That's what's so dangerous about flattery. It deceives innocent people. People who are trying to do the right thing. And they get a compliment and they start to feel good about it. Proverbs 29, 5 says, Those who give false praise to others are setting a trap for them. Who's trying to set a trap for you by flattering them? Watch out. I remember my first real sermon I preached in the church. It wasn't very good. You may think, well, I'm not that good now. But let me tell you, 20 years ago, I was so much worse. And at the end of it, I had two different people come up to me and said how awesome it was. And how they were encouraged and edified. And at the end, I had two different people. And they said how awesome. And they gave me all kinds of praises that, you know what, I didn't deserve. But I was warned about it by my seminary teacher, who warned me, he said, Matt, the people that come up to you and flatter you the most are going to be your greatest enemies in the church, so look out for them. So I did. Proverbs twenty-six twenty-eight: A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Flattery is toxic waste that tastes good on your tongue, but it messes your insides up. So those two people who came up to me and praised me for what I did not deserve, as time passed, they cause more problems than the rest of the church combined. It's crazy how that works. Ninth trait or feature of toxic religion is intimidation and pressure. Someone who's always intimidating you, pressuring you, that's a toxic person. If you're around someone and every time you around them, you feel defensive, like you have to defend yourselves, well, that other person's gonna be toxic. Because toxic people enjoy making you feel defensive. It does something good for them. Makes them feel better about themselves. Matthew 16, 1 says the Pharisees were on Jesus again, pressing in to prove himself to them. And if you're around someone and you feel like every time you got to prove yourself to them, this happens a lot with parents and their children. I got to prove to my parents. You know what? Your parents are toxic. You don't have to prove anything to them. You're your own person. Live your life. Don't succumb to their intimidation and pressure. You don't have to prove anything to them. Because they're being toxic. It's a trait of toxic faith. The last trait or feature is gossiping. Oh, I saved the best for last. I got to admit, I can go through the first nine and think, I don't deal with any of this. But when I get to this one oh boy I really fail at this one you say well I don't gossip do you listen to gossip hmm when you listen it takes two to gossip someone to talk and someone to listen you know churches are great at listening and spreading gossip the Bible says this in Proverbs ten eighteen: anyone who spreads gossip is a fool gossip is toxic to faith to churches to any organization to marriages any relationship really gossip is destroyed ripped apart and ruined more relationships than all and ruin more churches than every false teaching put together it just rips through a church it rips through relationships proverbs 20 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets therefore do not associate with anyone who gossips oh that verse is tough Having three teenagers in the house and two teenage girls, the gossip is always flowing. (laughs) It's so hard to teach and share with them how dangerous and hurtful gossip is when that's how kids socialize, but it's poison. And it's so hard to communicate that because social interactions around teenagers, it's all about gossip. All right, so I just listed 10 features of toxic faith or toxic religion. So which ones do you struggle with? Remember, don't look at others to see how toxic their religion is. You can't work on others. You can maybe see it and be like, oh, I can see it now, but it doesn't really help. What helps is if you look in yourself and see, how toxic am I? How many of these 10 do I struggle with? Maybe it's that first one, it's legalism. It's all about the rules. Because you kind of forget about grace from time to time. Or is it about hypocrisy? You do one thing, but say another. Maybe it's being critical, judging people's motives or maligning their motives. Or do you judge people by who their friends are? Do you ridicule or perhaps overflatter? Are you intimidating? Do you just love to gossip? Which one of these features of toxic religion have I led into my life? Here's the thing. We can ask God for help. He'll give it. And we can work on this toxic trait. We don't always have to have it. We can grow. We get away from it. And the more you get away from this toxic religion, you'll start to see it everywhere. You'll start to see it in your church. You'll start to see it in your relationships. And it tears them apart. And the best thing you can do is not to be a part of it. And you know what? By 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 your stance and by what you say, you can actually help others as well. But first, you got to look at your own heart and to see and to get rid of any toxic traits or features that are inside of you. So you do that and God will open your eyes to see the real you, because if we ask God to show us, he will. And then we can change and grow. Next pod, we're going to continue looking at toxic religion because I've really run over time here and what turns a person toxic because we don't just start out toxic, we don't just start out toxic religion, somehow, we get that way. So, we're going to look at that next week. So, God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.